All right, how are you guys? Good, good. You guys, are you enjoying the time change today? <clears throat> I don't like it either. Uh, I learned today that this has nothing to do with science. Did you all know that? I thought that this had to do with something scientific with like the earth falling off its axis or something like that, but it has nothing to do with science. It originally began somewhere overseas like Europe, like London, some guy said it would help uh, with reducing their electricity costs and burning candles more. Huh? And then here in the U.S., we adopted it because of the farmers, right? They needed to adjust things for more, for more uh, light. And uh, do you guys know that Arizona doesn't do any of it? They, don't, they, they completely boycotted the whole time change things. My opinion would be we could have just not, we didn't have to do it so abruptly, Right? A whole hour? Can we do like 10 minutes increments and just like work our way into it? Or we could have done it one minute every Sunday and done 60 weeks. That wouldn't have worked, right? We only have 52 weeks out of the year. So forget my ideas. That's why someone smart did it. So anyway, so blame it on them. Glad you're here nonetheless this morning. We are uh, right smack dab two weeks into a brand new series called Any Given Sunday. Let me give you a quick recap. Last week, we started really walking through this idea of, of God doing just something awesome. And sometimes we forget that on any given Sunday, God can show up and do incredible things. And so what we've said is, uh, really, when you look at Scripture, and you start thinking, okay, on any given Sunday, there's that verse that says, uh, or two or three or more are gathered in my name, there I'm with them. And so what we're saying is we just look back over history, and we know God works all the time, anytime, but we're just saying, here's a church. We're a young church. You know, we, we show up. I got my, my you know, I'm, I'm casual. I mean, you know, we got guys that wear flip-flops on stage. You guys come in shorts. Sometimes in our new modern style of church, we can get so casual that we casual out God. We can almost think, okay, this is not a sacred moment. We're not going to expect a whole lot. We're just kind of showing up casually. We're just hanging, hanging loose, having a big time. But no, what we're saying is on any given Sunday, God can blow our minds. Why? Because he's God. And so on any given Sunday, we said last week, one of our buzzwords was come hungry. Come hungry and expecting God to show up and show off. Scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, you know, God will show up. It's almost as if looking for God helps you recognize and see God. Not that he wasn't there, but for the seeker, for the person who's hungry, for the person who's thirsty, you find God. Scripture says this in Psalms 107. This is our theme verse for this series. Psalms 107.9 says, For he satisfies, and I love this, who does he satisfy? He satisfies the thirsty. Right? So everyone who's thirsting for, man, I need God. Isn't it funny when you're like, on your last dime, you're like broke for the week, you've used up all your money, you got another bill to pay, you get on your knees, you're like begging for God that you recognize and sense God. Isn't it funny like when you go through your like most catastrophic circumstance that you're on your knees, you're begging for God? When you are thirsty for God, you find God. Scripture says when you're hungry, he fills the hungry with good things. So we said last week, I used this statement, when our faithfulness connects with God's faith, I mean, any given Sunday, God can do something awesome. So God, God says one thing in Scripture that he really longs from us. God wants our faith. It says that in Hebrews. 
Faith pleases God. When our faith, the thing that we step out to do for God, when he leads us to do it, when we, when we show up on Sundays hopeful and expectant that God's going to show up, guess who's going to experience God? The thirsty, the hungry, the faithful. Having faith leads us to experiencing God. When our faith connects with God's faithfulness, man, great things can happen. All right, pause for a moment. That's last week's recap. Because it is time change, and you guys have this like, you know, sleepy kind of like duh look in your faces right now. I, I didn't... I don't, mean, I don't mean any offense that y'all have this like, duh, look on your face right now, okay? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you're a little low-key right now. Things are, you guys are a little bit chilled out. Some of you guys see like third row, uh, man in the white shirt, wife with blue shirt, you scratch, yeah, you guys kind of falling asleep. Wake up, please, thank you. Okay, <clears throat> um, I got a couple jokes for you, sir, yes, um, I, got a, I got a joke for you. It's kind of cheesy, it's a church joke, but I liked it, so please amuse me and laugh, um, uh, this is called, I don't want to go to church today, all right? That's how I felt like this morning. You probably did too. You woke up, you know, off hours. And so uh, a mother went to wake her son up for church. Again, this is very churchy, all right? Some of you guys are gonna like, okay, it's cheesy churchy. But it is, it's kind of good. Uh, a mother went to wake up her son for church one Sunday morning. When she, when she knocked on his door, he said, I'm not going. Why not, asked his mother. I'll give you two reasons, he said. One, they don't like me. Two, I don't like them, his mother replied. I'll give you two reasons why you will go to church. One, you're 47 years old. And two, two, you're the pastor. I, I thought that was awesome. I thought that was awesome. Every week, Christy's like, baby, get out of bed, all right? Uh, and this one's... Um, this, was, this one works only because it's time change Sunday, right? So this is called the, toy, the coin toss, and maybe you guys did that this morning. Some of you guys I know you did. Um, by the time Bobby arrived, the football game had already started. Why are you so late? Asked his friend. I couldn't decide between going to church and going to the football game. So I tossed a coin, said Bobby. But that shouldn't have taken so long, said his friend. Well, I had to toss it 35 times. Okay, so, all right. <laughs> I'll never do that one again. <clears throat> Let's do this. Let's pray real quick, because I really believe this is a very, very, very important topic that we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about a topic and discuss some words Jesus used in a prayer before he went to heaven. So sort of his last prayer that I think would be very, very helpful and how we operate as a church, and how we operate as families. Let me pray. God, use this morning, open our hearts, open our minds, God. Um, Give us the ability through you to hear, acknowledge, and be changed. God, so open us up. Pry places open our hearts where we're just not ready to surrender. We're just not ready to give up something, God, or we're we're scared to take a foot and a step forward. God, it's kind of audacious that um, a, a human would speak to other humans on your behalf. So God, I'm, um, I'm asking God that you would do what only you could do. Um, God, I pray that it, w- without you, all this would be in vain. But God, I pray that your spirit's presence, you would be with us today. God, make this moment your moment. God, I pray that all honor, all glory would be all about Jesus. I pray that your name would be famous today. God, not anything other but you. In your precious name we pray, amen. 
All right, if you've got your Bible, I want you to look at this prayer. It's found in John chapter 17. Um, So if you've got a Bible, great. Uh, I've got one. I bring it, but I can't see it any longer without glasses on. So I print my notes really, really big. So I have a Bible. I can't read it any longer unless I have glasses. But if I put glasses on, it just messes me up with these lights. But if you've got a Bible and you can read it, I know the back row is a little dark. Um, some, I see someone making out back there. Please stop. I'm distracted by that. Um, That's the only rule we have here, just no making out, okay? I know some of you guys, you, you come to my church because there's some really beautiful women here. So those are, those are sweet, godly women. So be, be very careful with them because we have men that will handle you later, take care of business. Right, ladies? We protect our, our own. Um, but it's a great place to shop for women, right? Because there's some wonderful women here. So if you're a date and you really need help and you're like that guy, 47 years old, um, see, see, um, see uh, someone up front here. They'll help you. So no idea where I was going with that. All right, so <clears throat> Jesus' prayer. Uh, so right before Jesus dies, he, he, he begins to pray. And out of all the things he could have prayed for, he could have prayed for like, God, take this, Take this from me, like completely. I don't want to go any for. I don't want to go any more forward with this whole thing of me dying. And he, he didn't pray that in this moment. He he didn't pray um, for for a miracle in the moment. He didn't. He could have prayed for all types of things. He prays for his disciples, and then his future followers. He, he prays for his future church. And you know what he you know what he prays. It's, it's, it's not what I would expect it. He prays for the church to have something that's beautiful, and he calls it perfect. He calls it unity. He prays in his last prayer the church, that the church would be unified, like, like together, kind of going on, on purpose, one direction, not scattered, not feuding, not fighting, but that the whole world would kind of know who he was by their unity. So let me show you this. Well, before I do that, I've got to kind of exercise, uh, do a little exercise here with us. Uh, because I, I, I believe our church is, God, God, when God launched our church, it launched, I mean, beautifully diverse. You know they say that, the, uh, that one of the most um, just messed up, segregated places on earth on Sundays are churches. And um, I want to say that from day one, uh, my church broke those barriers, and I'm really, really proud of that. I, 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 I love our diversity, so let me just kind of, if you'll permit me, a fun little exercise to just show some of the ways that my church is so beautifully diverse. <clears throat> First of all, if you are a teenager, raise your hand. Where's all our teens? Come on. Be brave, teens. Whoop, whoop. Let's hear it for the teens. Come on. <clears throat> you guys could be anywhere else on a Sunday. You are here in God's Beautiful, diverse house. I see you with your hand in the back, young lady. There you go. Good job. All right. How many guys? You're in your 20s. Come on. All the 20-year-olds. Wow. Lots of 20-year-olds. That's kind of crazy in church, right? 20-year-olds, we were like, no, no, no. They're not, they're not spiritually seeking anything. 20-year-olds are just lost. No, no, no. We got like a boatload of 20-year-olds. I think the average age of my church is like 27. All right. That makes me your daddy. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So 20-year-olds. How many 30-year-olds? We got 30-year-olds. Lots of 30-year-olds. All right, awesome. How many 30-year-olds? You have kids? Kids? All right. How many 40-year-olds? All right, 40. I'm going to raise my hand for my wife because she, no, no, I'm sorry. She's 39 and holding. All right. 
All right, 40-year-olds, I see lots of 40-year-olds. I see the Ricks, especially Mr. Ricks. Um, you, we're going to go again. You can go raise it at 50, too. So, um, <clears throat> all right, so 50-year-olds. Where's all the 50-year-olds? Yes, come on. 50-year-olds, give yourselves a hand. All right, I'm going somewhere with this. Raise your hand if you're in your 60s. 60s, come on, be brave. 60-year-olds, I love it. Thank you. All right, now we, had, we did this last service, and we had 70s and 80s. I didn't go 90 because I thought we might throw something out. But if you're in, what did I just spent? I'm just so ADD. 60s. All right, we're going to 70s. If you're 70, raise your hand. 70s? 70s? That's it? That's it? All right, so we're going back to 60s. 60s, raise your hands. All right, one more time. I know this is exercise, but I love it. All right, let me just show you how this unity thing works right off the bat with all our diversity in our ages. Those of you that are 60, you remember how, if you went to church years ago, you remember how church was 30 years ago right? You see all our shenanigans, right? I got a shirt out, you know, I should be standing behind this thing, not moving, right? We do, we do crazy stuff. We had, we had some woman this morning, she was singing and didn't follow the script. I mean, what's up? Well, what, I mean, that, right? So let me ask you this, you guys like, you guys like this whole electric guitar thing? All right, that's unity. That's unity right there. That, that just shows the diversity of someone who, we used to do it like this, but you know what, I'm okay with maybe setting aside some of my personal preference for the overall presence of what God could do, right? And so I just want to applaud and honor you for being a part of this young, goofy thing we're trying to pull off. And I just want to say that's awesome. Is it not awesome that we have teenagers this morning to 60-year-olds, last hour, 70s and 80s? Hey, that's one little slice of how God gets glory when the church is unified. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down, and we're going to talk about what unity is and what it isn't here in a minute. But let me, let me just let's entertain me a little bit longer with this. How many of you guys, you grew up in church? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right, how many of you guys, you did not grow up in church? Raise your hand. There's another slice of diversity right there, right? Is that not crazy? You guys know we took a stat not long ago, a lot of surveys we've done in our time. Our church, my church, is, has been predominantly 54% people who show up were not churched. That's awesome. What diversity we had with just people who were churched, and I didn't grow up in church. That's incredible what's going on here. Uh, let me ask this question. How many of you guys, you grew up, you grew up Catholic. You grew up Catholic. Yeah, so you're still freaked out about what we do around here, right? <laughs> you're like, you're trying to peer through the smoke that's up in this room, right? You're going, what's up with that? Catholics, how many of you guys, you grew up mainline, mainline, that means you're like, I grew up Baptist, or I grew up Presbyterian, I grew up uh, Methodist, right, mainline, you kind of, we all basically believe the biggest chunk of the Bible, but we've got some things sideline, maybe some gray area things that we might think, well, I know a little bit more than you, or you know more than me, right, but you grew up mainline, a lot of you guys, okay, how many of you guys, you grew up, and you didn't grow up mainline, you grew up maybe another, completely another religion, anybody like that? Yeah, we had some last hour. Anybody, another religion? Grew up another religion, not believe Jesus? Oh, we had several last hour. I think that's awesome. All right, let me ask you this. How many of you guys grew up? You grew up Pentecostal. I forgot. Pentecostal. Yeah, calorie burners right there. Come on. <laughs> Burning some calories, baby. Calories. Woo! I love Jesus. All right, that's my Pentecostal friends. We love you. All right? Is that not some, is that not some diversity? Right? The church, I'm telling you, what other place in the world right now has the diversity like this? We're talking about race. We're talking about education. We're talking about everything. 
This is what God, I think, is, is excited over. Um, let me ask you this. Um, how do you guys, you like hymns? You, 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 love, you love the old hymns. I love them too. How many of you guys, you love, you love our 7-Eleven music? Raise your hand. 7-Eleven? We have seven songs or with like 11 words, and we sing it over and over and over, 7-Eleven, over and over and over. Um, how many of you guys, you like expository teaching? Okay, all one of you. How many of you guys know what that means? <laughs> okay. How many of you guys, you like topical preaching? All right. It's wonderful. That's why it's so easy here for me, Okay. Uh, we, we use topical. We pick a topic and we go through God's Word. Other churches, other ways, not right or wrong, they use expository preaching. That is where you're going to go just pick a book of the Bible or the whole Bible, and you're just going to go verse by verse by verse by verse. And, and we see all types of shapes and different sizes around there. But here's what I want to say this morning about Unified. God said for us to show up hungry expecting him to work, expecting him to do great things, and for us to show up unified. Let me read this passage to you real quick. John 17, verse 20. It says, I am praying, this is Jesus saying, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be, what's that word? I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you, and, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And, and may they be in us. He's talking about the, the symbolism and, and the, the fact that there's a Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. May they be like us. I mean, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're unified, right? They're together. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Now, here's where we're getting into the, to, to the point I want to make this morning. Verse 22. I have given them the glory you gave me. He's talking about his disciples. So that they they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and they are in me. And here we go. May they experience such what? Perfect, say it out loud. Perfect what? Unity. Why? Why? Here's the rest of the verse. Why? So that the world will know that you sent me. Come on, that's it right there. How many people have left the church because they were, they, were, they were ugly to each other. How many people look from the outside in and go, how can, how can these people say that they're about love when they can't get along? See, I think the most mature thing we can do is to is agree to disagree, maybe some give and some take. See, here's the deal. If you're married, when you got married, you knew within a nanosecond that marriage... That relationship is all about a give and a take. In my relationship, I give and she takes, right? No, I mean, it's a give and a take, right? Unity does not mean uniformity. Let me say that again. Unity does not mean uniformity. God created us uniquely different. God created you with unique passions, unique gifts, and your passion is not like somebody else's passion. All through the Bible in the New Testament, we get this picture God gives the church. He says, you are like a body. You're the body of believers. Some of you guys this morning, you're not a believer. You're, you're checking things out, and I applaud you for being here. We have 
We have many, many, many people week after week after week just kicking tires, checking out the claims of Christ, checking out faith, seeing if this stuff is legit, seeing if we really believe this stuff and that, that we are unified and that we do have God's love and we are treating each other the way God would have us treat each other. So thank you for being here. But here's the deal. You know what, you know what cults are based, of, based off of? Everybody be alike. Everybody say the same thing, right? That's how, that's, you, you see these crazy cults? You got a dictator who's saying, say it like this, do it like this, and oh, by the way, you're probably, probably going to have to die for me at some point, right? Our God, God, think about this, God's not a dictator. God never made anybody choose him, did he? God says, it's your choice, it's called love. You think I made my wife love me, like in college? Yeah, whatever. Hey, woman, fall in love with me. Okay. Like, right? No, I had to woo her. I had to, like, love her. I had to sacrifice for her. We have a God. He's not a dictator asking for you to die for him. No, no, no. He loved you and sacrificed his life for you. So here's the thing. He says in this passage, Jesus says, they, meaning people outside of the faith, they will know me by your unity. When you are loving each other, when you are giving and taking, when you are being yourself, but, but flexing and being mature, then they will know that I'm real. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that correct? It's, it, but you can tell you what, that's hard to do, isn't it? Unity is hard to do, but you know what's harder than unity? Disunity. <laughs> Disunity is harder than unity. Let me tell you, if you've ever been to a church that was messed up and it was, it was unhealthy, I praise God that, that we are, we're a healthy, unified church. I mean, I hope that you don't hate me or hate what we're doing. If you do, maybe this is a great message for you to go pick somewhere that you can be unified with. I say that with all kindness in my heart, but we're not having unity issues here. Maybe it's because we're young. And maybe this is a great challenge for us today that we would, at all costs, guard our unity. Why? Because when we do, I believe it's like our faith meeting God's faithfulness. When our unity, and we step towards trusting God by faith, by saying, no matter what, God, I may pass on some of my preference to be unified under what maybe the, the whole is doing. God, I'm doing that out of maturity because I believe in unity. All right, that's what, he, that's what, that's what Scripture says. And, and let me give you this statement. I want to I make sure I don't say this. I'm going to make sure I'm going to say this. I didn't say it last hour. But here's the deal. Sometimes you put your passions on hold so something grander can take place. That's like this thing in relationships. It's a give and it's a take. Sometimes I put what I want on hold for the sake of unity, and I just kind of surrender up. All right, babe, tonight you pick the restaurant. You pick the movie. Or tonight, maybe we disagree on something about with our kids, but you know what? I just go ahead. Do it like that tonight. See, here's what's beautiful about this. God created us, the church, and he used the symbol of us being the body so that we would function together. Here's the deal. It would be really weird one, if my hand could talk, but if my hand could talk, and it would talk to my foot, and the hand would say, hey, foot, we don't need you, 
you just, you smell, right? I got all we need. I can wave, I can wiggle fingers, I can touch. I mean, you know, we, one, it would be really stupid, right? So just enamor me. But could you imagine if we just said get rid of all our feet and we didn't have our feet? That would be strange. It would look weird. We would, we would, we would not want that. We, we want our bodies to be whole. We want our church to function well. And it's just like our physical body. God wants the church to say, listen, some of you are really highly gifted over here and some of you gifted over here. Be gifted. But there are times, at times, we may focus on a different part. Let's just say it like this. Um, um, this morning, we, we, we sang worship, right? Many of these people up here, probably all of them, they are, they, their giftedness is worship, Right? They, were, they love to worship. I mean, they're good at it. It's a passion of theirs. I don't think God uh, is shocked when, when Melissa's over here and she's just worshiping. She doesn't even probably even know if you're out there. And she's like ad-libbing. There's not even, it's not even on the screen. Right? She's doing her deal. She's singing her thing. All right. She, her passion's worship, right? Does anybody deny that? Ben. Ben's cranking that guitar up. Like, he's like the uh, Duracell bunny. He, you, we have to give Ben a lot of space because, I mean, he, like, bro, he sweats a bucket on Sunday mornings. Don't go near Ben afterwards. We give, we, we have, we stock deodorant afterwards in our green room, right? But Ben, Ben covers like half the stage, man. That dude gets fired up. That's a passion. My passion, I love to reach people far from God. I, I don't think God is shocked that, that we have a church that reaches a lot of people far from God. God's not shocked by that. He's not confused by that. Why? Because God made me that way. He's not confused by that. God made me that way. My wife, man, Christy, is, she, uh, there's something about her. She just, uh, she really, really loves intense Bible study. I can't sit down that long. Uh, but you know what? God didn't make me that way. So I don't, I don't say, baby, you become like me because I'm passionate about this. No, we're the body. You're tracking with me? We're the body. We are supposed to work together to achieve the most. What maturity looks like, it looks like a bunch of people with different gifts, different ta- uh, talents, different passions, working together saying, hey, we may give and take here at times for the greater good of unity. And when that happens, I think God, I think everybody in heaven's going, good job, church. You guys are getting it. Keep it up. Now, here's, here's the thing. Um, um, I, I remember a few years back, a great friend of mine, um, we, we, we lived in an Atlanta, Atlanta neighborhood on a short cul-de-sac street. And our neighbors two houses down watched us every Sunday go to church. And we got to know this couple, befriended them, loved my, I love my friend Ray. We had sports in common. We played basketball out in front of our yard, and we would go out in the lake. And, you know, he, lo- he had a boat, so, of course, you've got, you got to have a friend with a boat. I mean, it was easy to pick me up as a friend. Like, hey, dude, you got a boat? <laughs> I like you, man. So we'd go boating. He could wakeboard, and I wanted to learn how to wakeboard. We'd goof off and fish and, and stuff like that, and, he, and we were buds. But we learned over time that Ray and Sonia and their kids, man, they hadn't been in church for years and found out 
Here, here, here's what happens when church, the church is disunified. Ray and his wife and his kids hadn't been in church. Ray and his wife, Sonia, hadn't been in church since they were young. We found out that Ray's dad was like very involved in the church, but because the church was fighting over all these petty, small, not even essential things, like non-essentials, like, come on, man, you guys can agree, disagree on that one. That one's not going to send you to hell, right? That, I mean, the worst thing is like, Looking disunified, right? So not agreeing, not showing love, not helping each other work. Ray and Sonia were burnt so bad because their dad was burnt so bad by the church because the church couldn't get along. They couldn't figure it out. They were, they were trumping unity for their own little personal preferences on some stuff. Let me, let me just say this. When we, um, we can, we have the tendency of getting really dogmatic about sometimes our preferences and even our passions and stuff God gave us. And that's good. We ought to applaud our passions. We value people's passions. But here's the thing. We don't want to turn our passion into the gospel, right? The gospel's the gospel, right? The church is the church. My slice, my bent, my passion may not be your bent and your passion. That's okay. That makes some of us the hands, some of us the feet. But together, we work in unison together to accomplish the greater good. And when we do that, I believe with all my heart, God shows up and shows off. So buzzwords. Last week we said, come hungry. Come expecting. I mean, get fired up. Play your role. I mean, cheer, clap, get involved. Get pumped up Saturday night thinking, something's going to happen tomorrow. God's going to show up. Come hungry. Today, we're saying, come unified. Come unified. Continue to, to be on board with where God's leading our church. Sometimes we may, we may be hot, white hot on, 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 on worship. Sometimes we might be really white hot on discipleship. And there might be times where God moves us in different seasons for different, different purposes. But make no mistake. When we say, I'm going to cherry-pick my favorite verses because I'm most passionate about this, and we push those favorite verses and become dogmatic and make those verses like, so saith me, because I'm passionate about them on somebody else, with their passion being something different, we can, we can lose the art of being unified. Remember, unity is a constant game, constant choice of give and take. Give and take for the greater good of saying, God, we want to give you glory through us, through, for, for being unified together. So uh, I, the, the Barker's beautiful picture of, of working through that over time and saying, you know what, we're going we're gonna to let go of some of those, those issues, some of that, those, those, that, that hurt, and we're going to get back on board. And, and th- those guys have grown. They've just, it's been a beautiful story from there on out. Now, here's how I want to end today. I want to do something a little bit different today. Um, under, under many of your seats this morning, um, prior to the launching of this church, uh, prior to carpet being down, um, there, are, there, were a, there was a day before our official launch that probably 40 or 50 of us stood in this room. Uh, I think that we didn't even have lights. Uh, there wasn't even any power yet. There wasn't a stage here that we got on our hands and knees. We were unified 
that we, 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 want, we want to see life change happen. We, 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 we want to have impact. And about 40 or 50 of us got on our knees, and we prayed, and we wrote down all over on this floor people's names, people we were praying for, couples that, that were disconnected from God. Uh, I remember specifically my family holding up and writing several names down. My kids had friends that they, their f- friends were not in church. I remember writing down some people who were on our, our second row last hour, the, um, the Sharps, Roy Sharp. He's, he's a guy in our church. We wrote the Sharps' names down. God, we pray you'd reach the Sharps. Use this church to re- reach the Sharps. So here's what I'm hoping you'd do today. We're going to end service here pretty quickly, but we're going to still have the worship team come up. You guys can go ahead and come up. We're still going to take an offering because God knows churches take offerings, okay? We, just, we, we do that around here, okay? All right? Got to pay that light bill, all right? And use our stuff to change the world. But here's the deal. I'm going to dismiss you because we're ramping up for what we think is the Super Bowl of Sundays coming up when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to dismiss you. I dismissed the last hour. It wasn't quite as early as I just dismissing you. But I wanted to give you a little extra time today to go out on our church property. It's your choice. No one's going to make you. But to go out to our church property, grab your friends, grab your family, go by yourself, whatever, just lock arms with someone you don't know. Go out to our church property Find that rock out there. Excuse me, Adam. Sorry, it's dangerous. Find that rock out there and pray for your church. Write, write a friend's name down. Go grab a pen somewhere. Get a marker. Write your friend's name down. God, I'm praying for, my, I'm praying for this person that they would come to know you. We will make sure that on Easter morning, their name won't be there. Okay, that would be awkward. Okay. So what, their name will be gone by the time Easter shows up. But I want you, I want you to take a moment. And, and go pray for your friends. Pray for the unity of this church. Pray that we would be a, a, a brilliant, bright light for Christ in this city. And pray that God would blow our minds on Easter. All right? So I'm going to dismiss you a little early today. I'm going to invite our host teams to come on forward. I'm going to pray. We're going to listen to this last song. And I'm going to encourage you to get, 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 get fired up about what God could do on any given Sunday, okay? And maybe if you want to drop by the property. And then you know what? Let me just say this. For the next four weeks, anytime you want to go out on that property and get alone, pray for your friend, or maybe some of you, you're just hurting. You want some moment to pray. Maybe, maybe God might have you show up. There might be someone out there to pray with you in that moment, okay? Drop by the property. Spend some time praying around that rock. God, we love you. We celebrate you this morning. God, I pray that we would be a great example, not just in year six, but in in the next 20 years, God, of a church that would forego maybe our, maybe some minutia of our preference for the greater cause of whatever you're leading us to do as a whole. God, would you help us to always be unified and to make your name famous? God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. God, I know personally I don't deserve it. It really does sound like it's too good to be true. But God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your love, your grace, it is true. So God, use this church. Every man, woman, and child, God, use us. Change the world for you. That everyone would know who you are, the salvation that you offer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.